Hello and welcome to Stories of the Second World War. Today I'm joined by Giles Milton, internationally best-selling author of nine works of popular history, whose books have been translated into more than 20 languages and have been serialized on both the BBC and in British newspapers. Of all the wonderful books Giles has written, we will be discussing his latest, which is titled D-Day, The Soldier's Story. Giles Milton, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So, you know, D-Day is certainly an enormously popular and widely covered topic, but what made you want to write a book about it? What I wanted to do is is tell the story from a very sort of detailed point of view. So tell it, tell the story of D-Day from midnight to midnight, um, a very intense narrative. And I wanted to tell it from all the different perspectives, because often you read an American account of D-Day, and and it's very uh, much based on the Americans, or a British one is very much based on the British. I wanted to have all the voices of D-Day, and that very much included uh, the German defenders um, as well, and also the French civilians. Um, One often forgets that the French probably had the highest death toll on D-Day itself. Uh, These were civilians living on the coast who were bombed out of their houses. Fascinating. A unique and and remarkable way of going about it. Well, when you began researching and writing the book, what are some of the most fascinating stories that you uncovered? I just think what what I really realized uh, as I read through countless testimonies and interviews given by veterans was that the young conscripts, the young sort of 17-year-old, 18-year-old guys on the beach were the ones that made D-Day work. For all the planning that had been carried out by General Eisenhower and his team, you know, D-Day was this meticulously planned invasion. But it was actually the men on the beach under fire who made, you know, who were to guarantee the success um, of D-Day. And I wanted to focus on individual stories of soldiers who'd achieved something remarkable on the day. For example, you know, an American soldier who'd stormed a German bunker on the beach and in knocking out that bunker and its machine guns had basically guaranteed safety on, 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 a, on a stretch of beach, which meant that enormous numbers of troops could, could land there in safety. So it's these stories of individual heroes who achieved something remarkable on D-Day itself. And how did you go about collecting all of these personal stories and, and first-hand accounts and and then this is kind of a two-part question, but what are some of your, your favorites? Oh, well, finding all the stories, of course, is always, it, it takes a lot of time and energy to, to locate the archives. And what I wanted to do uh, where possible was use interviews that had been done as close as possible to the events themselves. So soldiers who were interviewed in the 1950s, early 1960s, I found that these interviews were incredibly detailed when, when they could still remember a lot of what, what happened. Um, so, so I spent a lot of time in in, in New Orleans in the in the um, Second World War archive down there in the National Museum. I was very fortunate to use the Cornelius Ryan archive. Um, he, of course, gathered hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews for his book, The Longest Day, and only used a fraction of them. So I was able to use those and really to build up a very, very colourful picture of some of the great events of D-Day and. You ask some of my my favorite stories. I mean, the story of the capture of St. Mary Glees, which was the first French town to be captured in the night of D-Day itself. Some extraordinary stories there of individual heroics on the part of American troops, who'd, of course, in the parachute drop, which was complete chaos, they'd lost their commanders, they'd lost their officers. But nevertheless, they stormed into the town. They shot out the German garrison and captured the place, you know, before dawn. It's a really remarkable story. 
And if we are to compare and contrast the experience of D-Day from the Allied and German perspective, what kinds of information would we find? I mean, sort of very simply put, how did those Allied soldiers running up the beachheads view D-Day when compared to the German defenders? Well, while I was surprised by it, I suppose I had, as many people do, this image of of the Normandy coastline being defended by crack SS troops, you know, hardened, battle-hardened soldiers. And there were certainly were those um, on the Normandy coastline. But a large um, amount of the defences on the beaches were actually manned by terrified 17-year-old German conscripts, you know, not, not that dissimilar from their American and British and, and Canadian um, enemy. And this surprised me. And reading into their accounts, you realise that... Um, you know, war was terrible for all the all the participants, and that I mean, I've got interviews with men like young men like Franz Gockel or Karl Wegener, both of whom were defending Omaha Beach, and they were absolutely terrified when they saw this massive armada coming towards the beaches, and knowing that they were just going to have to fire their machine guns at young men very like themselves. And reading these accounts sort of gave me a very different perspective, of a much more human perspective um, of D-Day than I'd ever had before. Indeed. Now, earlier you mentioned um, the French civilians, and that's something that I certainly um, oftentimes forget about, and a lot of people forget about when talking about D-Day as well. Could you sort of tell us a little bit of their story and what they encountered on D-Day? Yes, of course, the French coastline of Normandy was, hev- um, was, was heavily populated. There were villages all the way along. And so the Allies were going to be assaulting um, a coastline with um, families, with, uh, with children, many children um, in, in the seaside houses. Now, these were to come under the most, one of the heaviest um, naval bombardments in the history of warfare. And it was not a pleasurable experience for anyone, any of the French civilians there. And I managed to find in the archives in Normandy, many, many accounts of the um, particularly of the women and children who found themselves caught up in this. And of course, they had um, very mixed feelings. They were desperate. Most of them were absolutely desperate to be liberated, but they uh, were often unaware of just the, the, the intensity of the bombardment that was going to hit them shortly before dawn on the 6th of June. You know, they had, they dug, uh, some of them had dug trenches in their garden, which they took shelter in. But they were facing, you know, an incredible bombardment. And of course, um, one has to remember as well that the Allies were bombing from the air. And this was highly inaccurate. The intention was to bomb the beaches, to not only to knock out the German defences, but to create craters in the beaches, which would um, offer some point of, um, you know, defence for the Allied soldiers who were landing on the beaches. But this was not to be. Generally, the Allied bombers, they missed entirely the beaches and ended up bombing the, um, the, the coastal area, the built-up coastal area just behind the beaches. So the French, um, no one has ever been able to work out the exact death toll of French civilians on D-Day itself. But um, there are many accounts say, suggesting that it was at least as high, if not higher, than the death toll of, of the Allied soldiers storming those beaches. Now, when we talk about D-Day from the Allied perspective, as it is uh, commonly presented, we kind of think about just these sheer masses of humanity, you know, um, storming these beachheads, thousands and thousands of Allied soldiers, and just, I mean, unfortunately being torn apart by machine gun fire, uh, many of them before they could really break through the German defenses. Now, I'm curious, and... um you would have encountered this in the personal accounts. What was the German morale like 
uh, towards the beginning and really right through the end of D-Day? It really depends on which troops you're talking about, because for the for the crack SS divisions, they were extremely confident and, and very proud of their fighting prowess. And they believed uh, very arrogantly, in fact, that they were going to sweep off the Allied soldiers by the end of the day. They they did not treat it seriously. But so that's that's the professional SS men. Um, for the for the conscript, the young conscripts who are actually manning many of the bunkers on the beaches, they um, they tended to realize, I think, very early on that they were facing a massive and, and a really truly devastating fight, and that they were very very unlikely to pull through D-Day. Now, in fact, my own father-in-law was serving in the German army, and he was on D he was on D-Day. He was there in Normandy. And he said that within um, really within an hour or so of the Allies landing, he said they knew that the Germans had lost the war. But simply the the amount of firepower, the the amount of equipment that the um, Allies had, it became quickly apparent that there's absolutely no way that the Germans were going to be able to um, defeat this invasion force. Mm. Wow, that's fascinating. Well, the very last question I'll ask you today, Giles, is uh, where can people find your book and pick up a copy for themselves? I mean, I'll certainly put a link in the description below, and I encourage uh, so many people to go pick that up if you're listening. I'm sure you will absolutely adore the book, but but where can people find a copy? Well, they can buy it. Um, all good outlets. Barnes & Noble, of course, will have it. Amazon will have it, and any any other online bookstore. It should be It should be everywhere. Um, and, uh, well, and I know you have a podcast as well. Could you uh, tell people about that? I know they would be very interested in, in uh, checking it out. I've mentioned it here on the, uh, the podcast before, Unknown History, it's called. It is called Unknown History. It is lots and lots of stories, quirky stories, stories that you will never have heard before. In previous series, we've had stories about Hitler's cocaine habit. We've had stories about what happened to Lenin's brain. And now series three is entirely um, about stories from D-Day, stories of soldiers, of men, of young conscripts who were in the front line of battle, who were storming ashore in the first wave. So there's lots of raw, unvarnished stories of great heroism on the part of Allied soldiers on D-Day. Awesome. That's awesome. And I'll put a link to the podcast in the description below. Giles Milton, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you all so much for listening today to Stories of the Second World War. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform and consider leaving a positive rating and review. You can also find the podcast at storiesofthesecondworldwar.com with more information about the show. Thanks so much for listening. Join us here again next week.